Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Alex Thompson of Independence Day Minute and Galaxy Quest Minute, and today I am breaking down Minute 6 of Into the Night. Minute 6 starts with Ellen leaving Ed to the rest of his breakfast of orange juice, and ends with the sounds of L.A. Drive Time Radio. So, a real quick bit about my background with this movie. I had never seen it, and I'm not sure I'd ever even heard of it when uh, producer Jim O'Kane of various and sundry minutes podcasts sort of told the world that this was what was coming i, I maybe i'd heard of it but i i certainly had never seen it so i i, I have actually watched it you know before before you you get too worried but um this is kind of my now my second impression on it uh so I, i'm sure jim and uh hal last week talked plenty about the set here so i won't dwell too much on the oaken household such as it is but i'm i am just struck by how unremarkable the set deck the set decoration here is there's one small picture on the wall over ed's shoulder and that's it's really it the house is also really poorly lit uh, not that the scene is poorly lit but that the house is just really gray like someone turn on the overhead light i, I think it's it's nice um kind of scene setting uh, by John Landis and Robert Painter, the cinematographer. You, you get a sense of the sort of the grayness, the drabness of Ed's life here. Sort of, uh, sort of the depression, the malaise uh, that's that's kind of, I guess, infected his entire life. And uh, then we get to see Ellen hop into a car with. I'm gonna go with the guy in the car is Stan. Uh, I know Jim and Hal kind of had to try to break down the dialogue and take a guess that. I'm going to say this is Stan. Uh, so given that, spoiler alert, in three, two, one, given that Ellen and Stan are are having an affair, I guess you have to admire their restraint in not uh, kissing or doing anything too obvious to tip it off when she gets in. I think maybe uh, a lesser director would have would have had them, I don't know, kiss or something or embrace at that point in time but you know if you're just watching this movie for the first time with uh coming in completely cold uh, it's not obvious that they're doing anything there i, I think it's that's probably an interesting choice by uh john landis to kind of not play any of the comedy for comedy at this point there, there's no tip off that anything's going on there however i i do think it is kind of an a weird, I guess, to sort of break down how these two are conducting their affair. So, given that they're already in the car, why do they circle back around to the Oaken household to sort of do their deed? Wouldn't it be easier to go straight to a motel or 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 back to Stan's house from here? I mean. Uh, if they're already in the car, they've got to go and at least, like, wait and kill time before Ed leaves, before they can circle back to the house to start actually, you know, consummating their affair. Or maybe, maybe, maybe they, they go out, maybe they go out to breakfast, 
you know, to as their sort of that's their their kind of their foreplay. Instead of a dinner date, it's a breakfast date, and then they come home after Ed has already left, and and get to the the business. I I mean, I guess that's also a possibility. I think the breakfast date idea is kind of interesting. I'd also kind of like to imagine that maybe she doesn't actually even work. I think that's a weird sort of a take on it. That maybe Stan is independently wealthy and he's essentially paying her to be a kept one. It all comes back to this weird sort of notion that, of course, doesn't jump out at you on first viewing, that they're leaving the house and then they're going to circle back to the house later. I just find it weird. And then Ellen leaves Ed to sit here and dwell on, on, I guess, Mick Foley's catchphrase, have a nice day. And so we cut to L.A. morning drive time, slice of life. Get a listen to a lot of the 80s drive time radio. Uh, very blatant ABC 79 Los Angeles jingle, Rick D's in the morning. The station that wants you to hear how good their country sounds. Is going to sound really sentimental and gushy, but there is something kind of poignant about this scene. You know, uh, this one woman sitting in her car crying, another person doing this, another person doing that. You know, it's sort of like uh, everybody's on their own journey with their own problems and their own lives, and their own, uh, you know, trajectories. And for these brief periods of time, you know, all of our paths, they, they just kind of intersect with one another. Also, this guy's reading porn. I've never understood. I, I personally don't know of anyone who's done it in real life. But then again, I don't really talk about people's porn habits uh, with. Uh, I don't talk about porn habits with other people. But um, I've never understood the thing you see in movies where people just sort of read porn in not in private, like. A, are you, without being too blue here, um, are you intending to take care of that in the car here? Um, maybe he's just got uh, um, an edging thing going on? I, 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 I don't know. It's, uh, it's something I think you see a lot in movies. <laughs> and I, I don't, I would be curious as to how prevalent that is <laughs> Or was in in uh, the real world. Uh, I mean, it's nice as a sight gag, of course. Uh, although I do notice, looking at this magazine, obviously the the right picture shows a woman uh, undressed. The left picture is, it looks really clothed. Almost, it looks like a woman in like a wedding dress. Uh, it's um. Knowing how these pictorials tend to work, usually if they're <laughs> depicting some sort of a story of, I don't know, like, it's the bride on her wedding night, ooh, naughty, wacky, whatever, uh, usually there would be pictures in the intermediate stages of undress before they just jump straight from, you know, fully clothed to fully not clothed. But I I, I do have to wonder, looking at this... Did either the costume department, uh, or not the costume department, the props department, somebody, did they essentially build this magazine for this guy to be looking at? Or is, is this actually a nudie mag from this period in time? 
I mean, I, I kind of imagine it's probably not a nudie mag, so I'm sure you've got all kinds of rights issues if you're actually showing off uh, a magazine, especially um, one with nude pictures in it. But what a, what a strange job that is sometimes for a props department, you know? Um, put, put together a, a, a nudie magazine for a, an old man to be reading in a car as he drives along the highway. Make it look, uh, but, but do it in black and white so it's a little bit artsy. So it doesn't just look like we're we're talking about smut here, but then uh, uh, but yeah, make sure like make sure we can see her butt and her boobs at the same time also in, in the picture. Yeah, do that. Uh, speaking of this guy in the car, it's kind of interesting knowing the the back story of the film or the gimmick of the film, however you want to phrase it. That. Uh, a lot of the background players are John Landis's filmmaker friends. You're always, I'm, I'm kind of surprised learning about the roles that aren't filmmakers. Like I'd almost expect every single um, bit player in the movie to be a, uh, to be, you know, someone from the filmmaking world, but, but some of them are, some of them aren't, I guess one of the freeway drivers here. And it was one of these two women in the freeway here is an actual actress uh, named Elizabeth Solorzano. And one of them is a woman in the costume department named Sue Duggan. And this man here reading the porn is actually a director. A guy in the car is named Andrew Martin, M-A-R-T-O-N, a director and second unit director who's worked on a lot of films in the 60s and 70s, including Ben-Hur, where he was a second unit director. But like one part in particular that I was kind of surprised was not a um a you know a filmmaker buddy was Stan. Actually, Stan is just an actor. I I feel like that would have been almost an obvious place for John Landis to cast one of his filmmaker buddies as uh, you know as the guy who gets to have sex with someone on camera. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of I I just recently watched. Um, because it's Valentine's Day, it's just after Valentine's Day, I just recently rewatched the remake of My Bloody Valentine 3D, and the screenwriter cast himself in a scene where he has sex with one of the the, the doomed actresses. I was going to say one of the leads, but no, one of the, the doomed women in the movie, he has sex with her. I feel like it would have been a place where John Landis would have cast one of his, his dorky filmmaking buddies. Here as uh, uh, the guy who gets to have sex with a woman who's out of his league. Uh, anyway, it's so interesting. Um, I used to live in the New York area, and I think New York and L.A. are similar in this regard. L.A. is probably worse if we're being objective, uh, just because their public transportation system isn't as robust as New York's. I think people in other parts of the country, like they hear New Yorkers and Los Angelinos talk about, and I don't think they fully have an appreciation for it, how bad rush hour traffic and drive times are. Like here, I now live in Charlotte, and here, if my commute, I had a commute that was 45 minutes when I took a new job, and I moved within a month because I wasn't doing that 45-minute commute anymore. And, you know, I, I just, 
after a month of doing 45 minutes of driving, I said, yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to move closer to work so that I don't have to do this anymore. Whereas in the New York area or the LA area, if you've got a 45 minute commute, you are golden. You are ecstatic that it's so quick <laughs> to get to work. Get a lot of looks at some 80s era cars. Uh, I mean, obviously the fashions, but I, I mean, automobiles also are kind of one of the things that really tends to date a movie uh, is all these 80s looking cars. <laughs> Speaking of cars, I, I have the movie playing on loop, the minute playing on loop as I'm talking about this. Uh, behind the woman that's crying, it does look like these two cars uh, the one just rear-ended the other as they were stopping <laughs> made me chuckle a little bit but it, it is uh, emblematic of the LA uh, morning commute I remember someone mentioning on a podcast um, you can't keep a safe following distance when you're driving on the LA highways because if you keep a safe following distance uh, that is where someone else will uh, change lanes and cut in front of you to get you know one car length closer to where they are going Anyway, that is about all of Minute 6. Uh, listeners, you can find Into the Night Minute podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. As for me, if you want to hear more of me rambling about things uh, with other people, uh, you can check me out on Galaxy Quest Minute or Independence Day Minute. The social medias for those are pretty obvious, I, I guess I would say. Until next time, join us back here for Minute 7 of Into the Night Minute. Uh, I don't really have a sign-off for this. Bye? Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.